Pints and Pies Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Pints and Pies Podcast. Pints and Pies. Be yourself, give me no one else. Another day, gotta give them hell. It's burning straight through the dark. We're Tights and Fights! We're Tights and Fights! Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm E.C. Lump! E.C. Lump! Hal Lublin. And I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, the essence of Kelkcellence, Lindsay Kelk. Hello, and thank you. As soon as I saw that, I was like really excited to hear Hal do that take cold. <laughs> so well done. Well done. I noticed you're drinking... Out of a holiday mug, like a, a holiday sweater mug. Yep. yep. Do you have big plans for the? I know your decorations are up. They are multiple. Yes. Big plans um, for the holidays. Trees are up. Multiple trees are up. Yes, that's went right. Really hard. I mean, I love the holidays, but I went super hard last year, so we were like, let's double down. Mm. Um. Yeah. Trees are up. Decorations are up. Plans are to do nothing, though. That's the plan. That's the that's the insanity of my holiday love is to go absolutely fully nuts on decorations and gift giving and all that stuff, but then to see no one. Uh, because <laughs> this is now our tradition. Um, Christmas Day in particular is like just me and Jeff go to ground and watch Emma Otter and all the specials uh, and eat and drink and don't leave the house. Um, for a whole 48 hours, I would say, a conservative estimate. But yeah, I, I love the holidays because I love to be able to be like, hey, you're so great, but from a safe distance. And hey, anyway. Even if you're by yourselves, at least there ain't no hole in the wash tub. Right? Ain't no hole yeah. in the wash tub until there is. <laughs> Plot spoiler. <laughs> Belly full of groove. There ain't no hole it's, in the wash tub. The first time you made me watch it, I was genuinely offended and now I can't get enough of it. Can't get so enough. Good. Yeah. It's so sweet. It is. Also, I'm a huge fan of the Riverbop Nightmare Band because they're just clearly the best band and deserved winners. <laughs> Again, spoilers. <laughs> Guys, go watch Emmett Otter right now. <laughs> do it. Oh, Emmett Otter. If you haven't watched it, now is the time. You can do it. It's it's available to you to enjoy. Yeah. On it some wasn't form. on streaming it's, is it on when Disney? I. Is it on Disney? Plus uh, I don't know if it's on Disney. I think it's on Amazon. Maybe yeah. it's on Disney as well. Uh, it wasn't available for streaming anywhere when I first discovered it, when Jeff told me about this fever dream of a childhood favorite yeah. that I was convinced was some drug-induced hallucination. And I had to buy a DVD off of eBay from somewhere, someone. It felt it felt shady. I know it wasn't. It was just eBay. But It's on, yeah. it's on Prime, if you guys want It's on Prime, yeah. Thank it's, you. It's uh, super fun. If Prime has the uh, deleted scenes and stuff as well, they are definitely worth a watch. It's very funny. Are there uh, other holiday either specials or films that are must watch or or maybe something new that's working its way into the rotation we've got such a varied selection because i love a classic like sure. we love to do all the classics like little shop around the corner and uh white christmas I was gonna say holiday in but bear in mind that's problematic uh if so you're gonna white watch christmas. it <laughs> Yeah, if yeah, it's just I mean, like Christmas. It's just like Christmas. So I love all the classics. Um, I also love like Scrooge, is one of my all-time favorite films. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's some Gremlins in there. There's Die Hard in there, and then like Muppet Christmas Carol every year. I will say I watched uh, Single All the Way this weekend, the new Netflix oh, rom-com yeah. with Michael Uri. 
is it Uri, Yuri, um, who was in Ugly Betty and Younger, and uh, I loved it. It's dead good. I was very proud of Netflix because I wasn't impressed with Happiest Season last year. Mm. Didn't love Happiest oh, Season. Oh, I loved Happiest Season. I just, it was a terrible relationship. <laughs> she married well, into a family of Republicans. Like, lot, what are you thinking, Kristen Stewart? There. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> there was a lot to unpack and it made it hard for me to enjoy it and root for the relationship. Yeah. But uh, I do uh, highly recommend Single All The Way. Uh, there's Jennifer Coolidge is in it. Uh, Jocelyn from Schitt's Creek is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathy Nanjimi is in it. It's really, really good. Really, really fun. Uh, solid, reliable feels. What about you? What's your must watch? I mean, we go through all the classics. Elf is usually early in the rotation. Gotta watch Home mm-hmm. Alone. Sometimes gotta watch Home Alone too. Uh, watch Sometimes the new gotta... Home Sweet Home Alone, which was fine. It's nice to okay. see Rob Delaney on on my screen always. Of course, all the specials. I lo- Noel has been added to the rotation like right away. So good okay. on Disney Plus. But I've really gotten into so on my on my other Max Fun podcast. We got this. We did we did best holiday movie trope. We had Alonso Duraldi from Maximum Film on. And he has written several books about Hallmark Christmas movies or holiday movies. Nice. So in discussing those, I was like, I got to watch some of these. And it turned out somebody Jennifer knew had written a Hallmark Christmas. And they really are just a warm blanket you throw over your yeah, shoulders. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But <clears throat> so now I have like 20 of them queued up in the DVR. And I was trying to explain to some people at work like the plots of these movies, which is the best. I was like, oh, well, there's one where two sisters – uh, make uh, each make a wish to Santa and then wake up in a Hallmark Christmas movie, which is a uh, Christmas movie movie, which is fantastic. Big fan of that. We love a meta Christmas movie. Oh, there's this girl who's a perfectionist, and but uh, her parents are divorced, but her mother is from Ireland, and she uh, fantasizes about this perfect Christmas that happened back in Ireland that she was never a part of, and she has this ceramic Christmas village she puts up, and then she goes to this magical shop and buys a statue of herself to put into the village, and then she wakes up in the village. Nice. But also, <laughs> the best part of that movie is when she goes to the store and goes, this looks just like me. And then you look at it and it's as if a four-year-old has gone to school <laughs> and an art class made a statue. Like, look, I made a statue of you. And you go, oh, that looks just like me. <laughs> oh, well done. And then yeah. her best friend, who oh. who's the guy like who introduces chaos yeah. into her life. He's like, no, you got to just be like, go with the flow, whatever. Gotta what have if it's it. not perfect? Gotta have it. They get into an argument, and then his way of making up to her is to go to that magical shop, buy a statue that looks just like him, and put it, like, get into her house and put it in her Christmas display. <laughs> so, Where do the human bodies go while their spirits are in the magical Christmas display? Are they just, like, unconscious in the living room? They're just- and, and most importantly, if you die in the in the Christmas village, do you die in real life? Do you die in real life? Yes. <laughs> you- okay. The answer, I'm glad you asked. Both of you. Uh, the answers are: a) you float in midair as a flaking husk, like not okay. quite human, but also not quite not human. Yeah, got it. And then when you die, that husk explodes messily, messily. Oh yeah, that's it's gonna be, isn't it? It's not gonna be a clean job. No. Wow. It's like a Jackson Pollock all over the walls, yeah. everywhere. <laughs> kind of want to watch it now. Kind of want to watch it. Have you watched A Castle for Christmas? A Castle for Christmas? Oh, a is Castle that the for one? Christmas um, is the new Brooke Shields, yes. Carrie Elwes yes. Netflix. Absolutely. I thought that was of a solid course. entry into the canon. Loved it. Yeah, Loved it that was my fun. tree trimming movie. I feel like Carrie Elwes, he's reached a point in his career. I don't think he ever was like unaware of himself, but he's like just having fun. 
Yeah. He's like, I've Oh, I earned- kept waiting for him to turn to the camera and wink. Yeah. It was it was a joyous experience. And Brooke Shields took it entirely perfect, uh, seriously, which is appropriate for that role. Yes. It's great. Yeah. It was really, really fun. Loved so it. yes, I have seen A Castle for Christmas. Nice. <laughs> I'm so glad we talked about it. If you can't tell, <laughs> uh, Nation of Conversation, things are winding down on the wrestling front. <laughs> but there's still uh... some exciting matches happening. We're not done quite yet, including NXT War Games, which was this past Sunday. Did you get a chance to watch? I did. I watched it. I had to pause. Uh, we well, didn't pause. I missed the Cameron Grimes match because I had to go outside to feed our outdoor cat. That's uh, fine. You know how it is, yeah. Nathan. Sure. Uh, <laughs> like these things happen. She just shows up when she feels like it. She didn't know. She does like to come for wrestling. I uh, imagine it's because she is naturally a violent animal and is drawn to the sounds. Yeah. Uh, but she does do it sort of at least once a week. She'll show up during wrestling. Proud of her. I made a mark out of the outdoor cat. Yeah, I, I watched it. I liked it. I thought it was fun. It wasn't my favorite war games ever. Yeah. My ambivalence towards the new NXT remains. I was really excited at the beginning when the lights seemed really low. And then they turned the lights up for the match. Surprise. I hate to be that beating a brightly lit horse, but like a war games match shot in a children's TV studio is what it looked like. And it's that there's a dissonance there, isn't there? There's something that doesn't quite fit. Yeah. But yeah, I thought everyone acquitted themselves well, like I say, well enough. I, oh, everything I say about NXT these days, damning it with straight, with faint praise. Yeah. I thought the women's match was fun. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they decided to make it a star turn for Cora Jade. I don't know if she's there yet. I don't know if she was able to rise to that challenge fully. I'm not against seeing where they go with it what they do with her i totally get the vibe that they're like this is someone the kids can get behind and i think i would if i was a little kid i'd be like she's super cool and she's young like me and someone teach her to use a skateboard um but yeah i just it i just kept wanting to like be able to climb into my screen drive a car into the studio open the passenger seat and be like eo get in get in come on get in and just take her away from it all is my main my main feeling it's how i felt about the women's war games match it just blows my mind that nxt even when they started their televised product in in 2014 was about this is the next generation of wwe superstars it was very mm-hmm. clear this is developmental it's happening at the training center yeah but over time just the sheer amount of talent that they had that they continued yeah. to have every time Somebody got, you know, there were a number of times where you're like, well, I don't know how they're going to be able to go without whoever. But there's yeah. always someone waiting in the wings to help elevate the brand, to give the brand its personality. And it really yeah. developed into its own thing. That Survivor Series where they had NXT versus uh, uh, Raw versus SmackDown when they is rinsed one them. of the best Survivor Series they've ever had, just in terms of it being a coming out party for yeah. NXT that really established the brand. And then, and then for whatever reason, None of us were, were in the room where it happened. They make the decision. We're going back to it being developmental. We're just going to bring in a ton of talent that may or may not be ready and throw them on all on television at once. All together in one job lot. Yeah. And it's and a completely new studio and a completely new, ultimately a new format. I mean, the whole, yeah. it feels like a completely different show. You... They threw the baby out with the bathwater. It's it, the whole thing went, and the whole new thing is here. And 
it's hard for me to see the logic in it. And I've tried really hard. I gave it a ton of time, but I gave another show a ton of time, Hal. And fool me once, shame <laughs> on me. So I'm finding it really difficult. Like Jeff has given up on it. Jeff's like, I don't want to watch it anymore. Completely, yep. like fully disconnected from it because it is so far removed from what it was. And I think that leaning back into the developmental of it is interesting, but it's also, it is that and it's not that because they're not really calling it that. They're not saying this is developmental. They're just saying this is the new generation of NXT stars and we only know it's developmental because we know more. If you're just someone turning it on, it's just a new show with new people who aren't as good as the old people. So I don't understand the logic of it. Um, I would, again, would, yeah, would pay so much money to have been, actually I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't pay any money, but I would have loved to have been in the room where they had a conversation about saying, hey, let's take this super cool underground super indie, which arguably there's a new super cool underground super indie on the block. So I get why you might want to distance, but why you would do a complete 180 on it into what it is now to throw out all your old talent. Mm -hmm. Or not even all talent, you're like legitimate talent, you're over beloved wrestlers and bring in a whole new class at once for people to get behind. This is not an anthology show. Like I I don't I don't get it. Even Ryan Murphy keeps the same actors, you know? Uh it's a different show with the same people. This is a different show with different people. It's a different thing. And it's really hard. And it made war games really hard. Yeah. And very little of it carries what it used to carry and and of course it's possible that war games is the last time that we see kyle o'reilly or johnny gargano mm -hmm. actually competing well actually that's not true because uh, kyle o'reilly competed on well i mean he, he was there i don't know if you can call it competing quote unquote him. but i mean <laughs> he that had was really, a match it was uh, it was for all intents and purposes their big swan yep. song possibly yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with either of them, but also it it doesn't feel like it's far afield to think that we haven't seen any. We won't see either of them again. Then, yeah, the same time, did you see the the nil class? They're the WWE next in line. Which are you aware of this program, Lindsay? No, I've no, I've missed this. They are scouring colleges and universities, sure, and finding promising young talent who could be the next generation of WWE superstars. So now they're taking children, children. Um, okay. In some sort, they just announced it and put up the picture. I'm like, I wonder if any of these people will be a future star. I mean, I don't know one way yeah, or another. Curious. There's certainly people. Sometimes you can tell by looking at someone's picture, like a charisma sort of comes out in a photograph. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. And there were some people there where you're like, Oh, they actually have some charisma. Then there's also like the twins, the basketball playing twins. The two women, the Cav Cavender twins. Are we still talking about wrestling or have we gone back to Hallmark movies? I'm so confused. And they make a wish. <laughs> so and then Santa shows up, but he's and trapped he puts in the them house. in a toy ring. Yeah. And oh. then they wake up in the performance center. In, in the Irish village, it's Christmas Day every single day. Of course it is. And it's of the same, it she's the same thing. Be? And her dream guy takes her on the same horseback ride and gives her a necklace and, kiss it, and gives her a kiss. And then she has pancakes for breakfast. And of course, like every place, this is the dream. This is the real Hallmark. You know, forget wrestling. This is the real dream <laughs> of, of the magical Hallmark, Hallmark land is you can eat whatever you want and you gain no weight. Yeah. Sounds okay to me. 
Um, yeah, like let's not talk about cholesterol levels, but um, <laughs> like yeah. don't ruin my Christmas hell. That's for me to worry about in January. Fair um, enough. Yeah, Fair I, enough. I, I don't know. I'm not. I know people got really up in their feelings about this whole WWE thing that allegedly came out and everything that comes out is allegedly but i mean this all supports it doesn't it when they were like we're not hiring wrestlers anymore we're gonna hire our own talent and bring them up and i get that why you would be annoyed about that i still think you don't pass up on super talent when you see it and we'll find out about that as that goes on whether or not they stick to what they've said on that or allegedly said on that but i also do see the the draw for them to build their own superstars from the ground up because like they say all the time, it's not wrestling, it's sports entertainment. they got to be able to be a full entertainment package as well as a great athlete. So I get the appeal of it, and I get the appeal of getting them young, because the younger they are, the younger your audience is. The younger your audience is, the longer you keep them. Uh, and the younger your audience is, the more your mom and dad will spend money on it. But the main thing that's been hard for me this year with WWE has literally been the loss of my NXT. Like, I'm still grieving the loss of my black and gold. Sure. So anything I hear from them right now is just like, but what about NXT though? I, there was a tiny part of me thought that war games might be like, maybe black and gold will win and then they'll be like, let's go back to it because we fucked up. And then, and yeah. then I realized I'm an idiot living in a fool's paradise. I need to move to an Irish dream village. I think like what you're saying, Lindsay, is like, I, I just realized because like with the, like I, I feel like from WWE's perspective, they're probably thinking like, well, look at who are our guys right now. Bianca Belair was not a wrestler yeah, when she came nope. here. Was a college athlete. Big E was not a wrestler when he came in here. Uh, Roman was like loved wrestling growing up, but he was it not a wrestler. a wrestler. He had yeah. no training going into WWE. I just think what's like, so I, I think objectively, they're probably thinking like, we could do this all the time. But I think for a lot of fans, it's like, why can't we have both? Like it was no, fun exactly. to have both of them in Agreed, there. Agreed, like, completely. And think about our favorites who came from wrestling, Finn and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Nakamura. And these are the people that routinely are cited as having been overlooked and you know not utilized to the best of their ability. And it's like, well, they were the people that came in with the super skills already. So if WWE's mindset is to just build their own guys, that all fits. I understand from a business perspective why they might, be attracted to building their own talent, especially if they can look back and say, we did it with Lesnar and the Usos as well. I think they all are like straight WWE. The Usos were with Rikishi at his promotion for a minute, but oh, for go. the most part, yeah, I think, I don't think anybody would, would tell them that they were indie darlings coming exactly. out of WWE. Yeah. Like everybody maybe starts somewhere before they get in, you know, you don't just walk mm-hmm. up and say, hi, I'd like to become a wrestler Orlando. <laughs> Would you please let me in? Please let me into your training center. They showed me the door when I did that. Yeah. Like, I think that they're, I get the attraction of saying we're going to build them up so that they're known for us. And maybe now people who are on the indies feel like more of a flight risk because of AEW. Yeah. That's that's a possibility because every time anyone who's had success anywhere else in WWE is anywhere close to their contract being up, the assumption is they're going to AEW. AEW, they have, uh, what, four hours of television every week? Uh, it's three, then it's three. Yeah, two, two hours, hours of Dynamite, one, one hour on Friday. hour of Ultron. They already have too many people on their roster, and they're going to have even more, a ton of whom are, are legit main event talents from other places. So, of course, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks are going to be on television every single week. Who's, who's suffering for that? Who are the people who are not going to be developed there because because what AEW caters to outside of a group of people who 
you can sort of point to as AEW, you know, Britt Baker, obviously MJF, you could, you could feel like is quote unquote homegrown, even though he had wrestled somewhere else, but you know, you didn't really know him until, until he was in AEW. You have a problem with too many mouths to feed and WWE's had that problem for a really long time. WWE also, there are all these people like Cesaro, like Sami Zayn, where you want them to get these legitimate shots and they, they're, they're deserved. Why hasn't Kevin Owens been a multiple time world champion? Why hasn't Sami Zayn challenged for really challenged for a world title before this week when they, when he was basically a prop in the, in the Brock Lesnar angle. Brock Lesnar. Oh man, this is so great. Finally, at long last, our paths are crossing. You know what? I feel like it's been a long time coming. I feel like in so many ways, our careers have been so parallel. Well, minus a couple of the UFC heavyweight championships and a couple of WrestleMania main events. But besides that, there are a lot of similarities. Could you give me a second? I'm trying to talk to Brock. Which was fine. Like, played off well. Get it. Totally great. But the reality is there are a ton of people who are in that main event category. Randy Orton's not going anywhere. So he's always lurking. Now you have Because it felt like elevated. he was gonna and then he didn't. And now it's like, oh. Yeah. He's not, he's not going anywhere. He's not they going They sat in anywhere. a room and they said, how can we make him worse? And they <laughs> said, let's pair him with a trash bag that doesn't wear shoes. And Vince <laughs> said, I love it. And it was another part of my year ruined. But but truly, like that is the that is the issue they have. So when they make these roster cuts, it sucks because you don't want to see most yeah. people out of work. But if you're doing what you love and you're essentially getting paid to not work, that's frustrating. Yeah. Like you could say, hey, collect a paycheck and shut up. But the truth is, I don't think it's that much money. They're not going to get a ton of merch money because they're not on television. Cool. You know, they're sacrificing the ability to earn more and the ability to to actually like hone their craft in front of a crowd and gain more exposure and gain more popularity mm-hmm. for a steady paycheck. In that industry, I can't imagine that being enough. No. You don't get into this industry for a steady paycheck. You know, that's not why anyone got into wrestling. Yeah. They got into wrestling because they love wrestling. And they got into wrestling because they want to perform and entertain. And I would say 99% of them want a legacy and they want that. They want their moment, right? Like yeah. everyone wants your moment. That's why you do it. You do it because you watched WrestleMania as a kid and you do it because you wanted to be Stone Cold because you played at being The Rock when you were a kid, you know, and you want to do that now for yourself. You don't do it just to do it. So I can't imagine how hard it must be to then just be sat in catering, taking your very minimum paycheck every week uh, and saying, you know, have a lovely day, guys. Let's hope there's not another round of cuts soon. It must be really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to get more and more difficult because like we've said, like, you know, the thing this year has been, but AEW will pick everyone up. Like AEW can't keep picking up everyone. They won't keep picking up everyone. Just it's going to be a really, next year, I think in particular is going to be Really, really interesting as stuff opens up more and everyone's touring more and there are more events again. Really curious to see how AEW scales and grows if they do uh, or if they stick. You know, are they going to twist or stick? I don't know. And how what's happening in NXT might impact WWE main roster going forward. 
War games, though, I thought it was fun. Like, <laughs> to answer your question, I thought it no, was no, fine. No, 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 it is. It's just <laughs> weird. That, like, it's a sort of weird inflection point for everything, right? Like, when yeah. does AEW hit critical mass? When does NXT either fall flat or people just accept this isn't really made for us to watch and enjoy on the level of a finished product? Is this supposed to be us watching, like, Get Back or Behind the Scenes documentary? I mean, not Get Back. Please not. That's I wouldn't dare compare the two. But was there anything from the past week that you particularly enjoyed? I have enjoyed a bunch of stuff, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked Tony Storm throwing a pie in Charlotte's face because I am a baby. Um, I'm with Vince on that one. (laughs) I was like, let's pie her. Let's pie her. So I was fine with that. Really loving the dewdrop stuff. Hating the name, loving the gal. Really excited to see Naomi and Sonya go at it when that, mm-hmm. I mean, in theory, that's happening. By the time we listen to this, we'll have seen a development in that feud. Tons of really great women's stuff happening. Main roster WWE right now. I almost put over Becky and Liv. thought that was really great. It was mm-hmm. really lovely to see Liv finally getting people on her side. I feel like she's over mm-hmm. um, in a really nice, natural, authentic way. After having been through it, that woman has been through it. I really liked Daniel Bryan's storyline uh, with the Dark Order. I'm enjoying that. Uh, that's fun. I like Daniel Bryan when he's being a snarky prick because it feels right. Um, as a totes deeves, totes bells aficionado, it feels right when he's playing himself. So I've been enjoying that storyline. I do like his new hair. So that's enough for me. Isn't it so weird? Because I'm also enjoying that storyline. But I do... There's always like a little thread pulling at the back of my brain that's like, this was motivated by nothing. He yeah. just came out one week and was a heel because yes. Paige is a baby face. And they can still he can still cut a promo at some point and explain it. But He's not it gonna. feels like you can have a good story. It's just like there's something toothless about it. That's what it mm-hmm. is. Because yeah, I don't I know get why it. he's doing it. I, having let go of any and all feelings regards to AEW, um, after my my interaction with with the standum earlier this year, I just stopped having feelings about it, um, which my therapist says is a problem uh, when I apply it to other aspects of my life. But if I don't like something, I just stop having the feelings. So I've just cut myself off from it having any sort of emotional impact on me, which is really, really fun. I just tune into what I feel like tuning into on AEW now and enjoy it in the moment without asking too many questions of it, which isn't a great way to critique something, but it's a great way to get through life. And it means that I can enjoy the storyline without asking why they brought Daniel Bryan in as the conquering hero who came back to be like, no, you're bad and I'm going to stand up Mm -hmm. for these guys Mm -hmm. and stand up for the little guy and help triumph over evil, but then be like, nah, just playing, I'm evil too, without him ever doing the nah, just playing promo. So yeah, this is this is the Daniel Bryan that refused to let his wife buy cut pineapple in the supermarket when she was pregnant. So I can get behind it. Um, And I'm... If you're pregnant, you don't want to chop up a pineapple. Let that woman buy cut pineapple, Daniel Bryan Danielson. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the, the MJF CM Punk face heel switch because they were in Long Island. I thought mm-hmm. Punk played it well to set it up. MJF played it well, like still a heel, but also like in Long Island, Hometown heels heel. are faces. Yeah. It was just fun. I enjoyed that little piece and Punk knows how to work an audience. Bless him. Truly. That's, that's his greatest skill in wrestling is his ability to, to work and control an audience. So good job. 
If you've got any thoughts on the week in wrestling, add your voice to the conversation in the Tights and Fights Facebook group. Plus, you can hear more of what we have to say on Twitter and Instagram. Find the links to those in our show notes. When we come back, it's not goodbye. It's see you later to Johnny Wrestling. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called After Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a, it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that? I don't know. It sounds bad. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. It does not. <laughs> Come for the games and stay for the chaos. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by... Lindsay Kelk. This week, we're going to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. For the longest time, Johnny Gargano was the franchise player of NXT. He held every title that he could, main evented tons of takeovers, and was part of the biggest stories on the brand. My path to the NXT Championship goes through you. I'm going to show you why. They call me Johnny Takeover, baby! And now, his future is up in the air. You know, we've been speculating here that there had been no real whisper one way or the other. Then it leaks out that he is now a free agent, that he has, he has not come to terms on an extension. Doesn't mean he won't. Doesn't mean he's definitely going, you don't know what's next, but we do know that his yet to be born baby will have to eat. So <laughs> his pro wrestling tees shop is back up and Candace is still under contract through, I think, March or May of 2022. So what's your gut feeling on where he's, where he's going? My gut feeling is that baby wrestling is already under contract. Um, my gut <laughs> feeling is that Johnny will stay. Mm. And that he will go up and that this isn't my gut, this is my dream, is that they will play with his free agency stuff and his pro wrestling tees stuff until he appears in the Rumble at the end of January. Would be what I would hope for. Mm. Um, but yeah, my gut says he's staying because we talk about other people who left this week at the end of the show, but other people left this week and didn't get the fanfare, didn't get the build. And there's an argument say he got that because he was owed it, mm -hmm. and that's true. But since when did WWE worry about what you're owed? You know, Adam Cole didn't get a farewell Adam, thank you Adam moment, even if it was to put someone else over, mm -hmm. uh, which also I do want to shout out. They, they, I thought they did that really well. I thought his 
promo was great. I thought he did a great job of it. And I thought the twist, even though we knew it wasn't really a twist because you kind of knew it was going to happen. I thought they played it really well and he did it really well. The chat that beat him up, whose name I've forgotten. And I didn't care for his shirt, but I liked his moment. Nana just said the chap that beat him up. Uh, so that's all you need to know about how I feel about <laughs> NXT 2.0. The chap in the short sleeved shirt. Yeah, I I don't feel like it's in WWE's nature to give someone this much fanfare about leaving if they believe they are immediately leaving to go to their main competitor. Also, he's technically a free agent, right? Like, they didn't extend his contract. He's a free agent, so he doesn't have his no-compete. He could just go. Uh, I think if they thought he was going to just go, and these whispers and rumblings have been going on for so long, they would have cut him to activate his no-compete, surely. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's all, it's all up in the air, isn't it? And I, I, I say that's my gut feeling, and it's what I would hope for. And that's not because I don't want him to go to AEW because I hate AEW. I just think AEW is stacked with Johnny Gargano's right now. He's still a young guy. I'd love to see him take a stab at the main roster, see what he can do there. And if that doesn't go well, then fuck it. Go play with your friends next time. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not a no. It's not a now or never for Johnny. But my gut says he's staying and the, the pro wrestling tea shop is a swerve, much in the way that Kevin Owens opened his Kevin Steen shop a couple of years back, mm-hmm. sold his Zoo Enthusiast t-shirt, which I immediately went and bought. Feel good about it. Can't get it now. I, I think it's a swerve. I think he's staying. And I don't think it's anything to do with loyalty or who wants to go where or what. I think it's the right decision for his career. I agree with you. I think he could have a Daniel Bryan run. Yeah. He could have that kind of a Cinderella run to the title. And I think the crowd would get behind him right away. Yeah. And he works on either brand. There are a lot of fresh feuds he could have with a number of people there, either as a baby face on a Cinderella run or as like a puny heel with a heater. The only other person they have had at NXT that has had a comparable career or comparable level of success and love from the universe to me was Adam Cole, and they lost him. Mm-hmm. And they were always going to lose him because he it seems like was always going to go. And I get it. They're his best friends. I fully understand why you did it. For whatever reason, if he didn't have faith in what they were offering his character in particular, and from what I've read, he seems to have been right to not have faith in what they were offering him. Mm -hmm. I think Johnny is a very different proposition to an Adam Cole. They would have to be fucking crazy to lose both of them. Not to say that they're not. But I would hope that they approach this differently to the Adam Cole situation. I mean, it's all speculation, isn't it? It's all speculation. And if I've learned nothing else about wrestling this year, it's that we don't have a fucking clue what's going on. Uh, Sometimes it's been accused of being predictable in the past. Can't say that anymore. (laughs) But yeah, I I just, I want to see him go up. I want to see him show up in the Rumble. I've talked about it before. I would love to see him do an IC run. I would love to see him have an amazing IC title run. Mm-hmm. I think he could bring a ton of prestige to that belt. And you can't help but feel he'd love that. He's a wrestling nerd. He's a wrestling historian. He knows his history. He knows his stuff. I think he'd be amazing. Yeah, he would be. Oh, he'd be great. Ugh. When you when you look back on his time in NXT in particular, and obviously he was an indie darling and had... You know, he was a known personality before that, but specifically to his time in NXT, what stands out to you the most about him? He's always struck me as someone who can ace everything he's given. I did know Johnny before. I used to see him at PWG 
in in L- well Reseda. I was going to say LA, but everyone's like Reseda. So I knew Johnny, but I knew Candace more, which was the the joke when he came up. I was like, oh, that's Candace's husband or Candace's boyfriend at the time, I guess. And I yeah, he came up put in a tag team when he wasn't really. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's make it work. We're not signed. Let's just make this thing work. DIY, congratulations. The NXT universe has spoken and you guys have won match of the year for your match at NXT TakeOver Toronto against The Revival. That was when you won your NXT Tag Team Championship. So how does this feel? Hey, mom, we did it. Talking to your mom. Yeah, yeah. Not your dad or anything, just your mom. I don't know. Hey, mom, dad. So they break up and they have their feud and he makes it work and then he turns heel and he makes it work. And then he flips back and he makes it work. And never once have I questioned his character. He sells like no one else. He is a spectacular performer. To have someone who is that good of a wrestler, for someone who cares about the business as much as he does, and be that good of a performer as well, to be able to do comedy, to be able to do heel work, to be able to do pure-hearted babyface, to be able to do it all... Tell me someone who's better than Johnny Gargano. Honestly, tell me someone who is a better all-rounder than Johnny Gargano. And it's a very small list, if that list exists. You know, it strikes me hearing you say this. Everything, everything you said, I agree with 100%. Start there. I was trying to think, like, who does he remind me of? And it's not in style or anything like that, but in the ability to be both face and heel convincingly and to tell a great story in the ring and to be able to have a good match with almost anyone and to be known particularly for putting on great matches at pay-per-view events. He's he's like Sean he's like the Shawn Michaels of NXT. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think that's even a, a vague reach. I think they sit side mm-hmm. by side on the mountain. I really do. And I never saw Shawn Michaels play wife guy and pull it off, you know? I mean, what an achievement. You made your real life relationship a pivotal part of your character sustained it as a face and a heel mm-hmm. uh, like you you've had a grown daughter where you how you gave her away at her wedding it's insane to me that they have pulled off so much with him and never once missed a beat no. like and it's not just when he's over it's everything else i saw him in Spartan, at the Spartanburg Coliseum in South Carolina, uh, I want to say maybe four years ago this coming January, it was a house show, an NXT house show, and they were on the road. Um, that's where Jeff is from. Shout out Sparkle City. We happened to be there for the holidays, and we went to this NXT show, and the main event was Johnny versus Redacted Dream. And we were a little bit anxious, and we were front row, but it was a very specific crowd. And then Dream came out, And I was very anxious uh, because no one in the crowd looked like Dream. And I was a little bit worried. And it was when they were still heating him up. He was still an unknown quantity to a lot of people. They were still deep in the Prince stuff. And I was like, oh, this this could go either way. (laughs) This could go real bad. And Johnny put Dream over so hard. But it would have been really easy to have Johnny just come out and destroy him and mop the floor with him and have everyone just get behind Johnny. But he sold to such an extent in that match, totally put over Dream. It made the match way more enjoyable because you really didn't know who was going to win. You really didn't know what was going to happen. He played into every moment of it. Uh, And Johnny 
just I think is someone that does that. Like he takes everyone up with him. Like he is a little guy, but he can carry a bunch of guys on his back and he'll carry him all the way up if he has to. He doesn't care. And I, I've got a huge amount of respect for him on that front. I, uh, that match was a real big turning point for me, watching that match, watching what he did for Dream in that match. Yeah. A house show, man. Like a house show. He, is a, he has one gear. He has one gear. The Nation Truly. of Conversation, of course, had a lot to say about Johnny Gargano. Brendan said he thought Johnny was just going to be another solid work rate guy, but was quickly shown what a great performer he was. Quote, I think there's going to be a huge void in NXT and the performance center due to his absence that I don't see being easily filled anytime soon. Well, I mean, Brendan agreed, but also it seems like they're trying to create those gaps that hopefully the people who are super talented find their way to the main roster or something that utilizes their skills and abilities. That's all you can hope for for any professional wrestlers, that they are put in a situation where they can show off what they can do and get paid for it. I always think of that first match in the Cruiserweight Classic with him and Ciampa and the video package being so good. Mm-hmm. Outside of my fiance, Tommaso Ciampa is the guy I talk to the most in this world. He might, I might even talk to him more than my fiance at times. But at the end of the day, me and Tommaso Ciampa are competitors. We both want to be the best. But that was like a little appetizer. And the story of that entire match got me like super into both of those guys. And so that was at a thin air. They'd just been sort of thrown together as a tag team. Yeah. So it wasn't like they'd had five years together, multiple NXT tag title runs, and now it came to this. But that's what it felt like. Yeah. And you got invested to that level. And that is to both of their credit, but that's Johnny Gargano's magic. Totally. I mean, credit to both of them for their, not only for their tag team run, but how often does a tag team separate and you genuinely do care about both guys equally and you want to see them both succeed and you want to see them wrestle each other forever uh, and there isn't a weak link. Like, they are both just absolutely stellar performers and um, yeah, I mean, we're talking about Johnny today, but wowzers. Again, one of the best tag teams NXT's ever produced. Yeah. Steven said, quote, he is possibly my partner's favorite wrestler. She's not really a fan. And all of it is because he posed for multiple pictures in a T-shirt featuring Gerald, the seal from Finding Dory. We learned that Ciampa gave him the shirt for his bachelor party in the middle of their feud. And she went on an extended diatribe about how wrestling doesn't value friendship. But like the Gerald shirt is proof that it does. Aww. We do. This is the right podcast for your girlfriend, Stephen, yeah. <laughs> for your partner. This yeah. is where you need to be, the friendship podcast. Please. It is another layer of it, though, isn't it? How mm-hmm. much we love him because he just seems like his true authentic self all the time. Yeah. And that authentic self loves his wife and his friends and his Disney. Mm-hmm. And, and like, there's the skits that they do, the vignettes they filmed at home, like, Next reality show, please, at home with the Gargano's. Please. Yes. I love Ms. and Mrs., but like, can we please have at home with the Gargano's next? Please. We're begging you. We want it all. That'd be a good Peacock special, right? And they could just produce it themselves. So it's why, almost like. Yeah, special. why isn't there a Peacock holiday special at home with the Gargano's? Listen, like, I'm into the ninth season of Below Deck. I need at least that many of at home with the Gargano's. <laughs> like, at least. I feel like the funny thing about The Way was that. I, I you always kept waiting for them. Oh, they're going to have their all the gold moment. They're going to have their winning streak moment where they just beat up. That never really happened. It was mostly like they were like a parody of a wrestling faction that was just having fun with what like with 
like, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be really angry. We're supposed to be politicking. We're supposed to beat up on people as they leave, and they weren't super successful at the it. The way it was a complete master <laughs> masterclass. The, exactly. the, the way that they the way that they changed the way the way they played with it because like yeah it started out as a dominant faction that's like oh we're both smaller wrestlers but we've just brought on these giant muscle you know muscle people uh, yeah. muscle humans um to back us up uh, we brought on an enforcer each basically mm-hmm. uh, and that was great and when it was very heelish that was great and then as it morphed into something else <laughs> Um, especially after I think Candace and, and Indy had to drop the belts uh, due to obviously Candace's situation uh, being up the duff, that is. Uh, they, they leaned into the comedy so hard. The Dexter Loomis of it shouldn't have worked, but it did. Part of it being the way that Johnny just 100% no-sold the idea that Austin and Indy were their kids. And that it was never like, no one was pretending that they had birthed them. But the way they did just act as though they were like their adopted children and they were their parents. And, they, and that, there was no question. It was just, this is how it is. The comedy gold from that, from his straight man act in, in the way, was fucking beautiful. So Absolutely good. beautiful. Up the duff. I love it. <laughs> She's up the duff. And, I've never and all heard that good for her. Yeah. Aww, it's, a, it's an old fashioned English thing. Yes. Uh, up the stick, up the duff. We're all very pleased for it. It's a 21st century Julian saying now. Bringing yeah. it back, Julian. Bringing it back. <laughs> Finally, a brief note from Jenny. I just recall when DIY started, I tried looking them up on Wiki and neither of them existed there. The rest is history. Aww. Yeah. If you have any thoughts on Johnny Gargano or the future of his career, share them at our Facebook group. Plus, you can always hear more of what we had to say on Twitter and Instagram. Find all of that down in the show notes. When we come back, it's time to share a few things from wrestling that we love. That's up next on Tights and Fights. From the internationally acclaimed creators of Who Shot Ya comes the movie podcast... Maximum Film, starring producer and film festival programmer Drea Clark as a woman bound by passion. I saw this eight months ago on the festival circuit, and I loved it. Film critic Alonzo Duralde as a man corrupted by greed. Why watch one Hallmark Christmas movie when I can watch seven? And comedian Ifiwadiwe as a man protecting a love that society simply won't accept. I think Pacific Rim is a perfect movie. And if you can't accept that, then I want you out of my life. From the makers of the movie podcast, Who Shot Ya? comes Maximum Film. That's right. We changed the name of our show to Maximum Film. But don't worry. We're still a movie review show that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. So tune in to Maximum Film at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by Lindsay Kelk and Julian Burrell. This week, we're co- why did you say it like that? <laughs> like, Julian Burrell, are you okay? I'm trying to play with the rhythm of my name, Hal. Okay, the rhythm is going to get you. It's true. <laughs> This week, we're going to end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. All right, Lindsay, what would you like to put over? I was going to put over Trent's mom, Sue, because uh, we love Trent back and we love to see Sue. But yeah. I am going to instead dedicate this moment to Kyle O'Reilly, 
who it would seem is almost certainly definitely 100% gone. Unlike the ambiguity of a Johnny Gargano, it seems pretty clear what we'll go, what's happening with Kyle, at least with regards to his having ended his NXT contract or uh, his NXT contract has expired. It seems like he's gonzo, donezo, overzo. And I just wanted to take a minute and say thank you to someone who's just been an absolutely fucking massive hard worker someone who has always done the best with what he's been given someone who took fucking care of himself during the pandemic because he's a goddamn diabetic so props to him for being like fuck this i'm just gonna sit at home and, and not catch covid i don't think he gets enough credit for what he does he very publicly talks about being a diabetic and being an ath- a diabetic athlete and yeah i just really wanted to say fare thee well Kyle, we're going to miss you. He had some really great moments. Who can forget his playing the guitar on the belt? It's hard to put a shine sometimes on someone who wasn't the star. And he totally deserves it because what was Undisputed Era without him? He's done such solid, great, good work. His singles run... I mean, he had some really great vintage t-shirts, if nothing else. Uh, but that's that's stabbing him with fake praise. He did a really... He had a really great singles run. It was in the shadow of coming off his Adam Cole feud, which is so hard. It's so hard to say, let's light this guy up under Adam Cole when everyone's devastated that Adam Cole is leaving. Uh, it's not a fair jumping off point, you know? It's like he wasn't starting in the, ma- the marathon at the same point as everyone else. And I think just massive, massive round of applause for Mama and Kyle O'Reilly. Awesome. Julian, go ahead. What do you got for us? Okay, so we talked a lot about Christmas specials at the start of this. And, you know, it's funny because I feel like uh, wrestling never had very much in the way of Christmas specials. But there was one Raw in 2012 where Alberto Del Rio, pre-learning that he was a, an absolute monster behind, like in real life, mm-hmm. committed vehicular manslaughter on our beloved St. Nicholas on the on raw so if you go back and watch it like santa's coming out and it gets a big pop as he's going to start giving out presents to the crowd and del rio just runs him down uh in his cars at the time but the funniest part is that while santa's in the back getting tended to apparently as he was losing consciousness his last wish was for alberto del rio to face john cena in a miracle on 34th street fight and the best part is when they're all trying to rally john cena to the cause this is what happens at the end. John. Do it for Santa. Do it for Santa, man. Santa. Do it for Santa. Do it for Santa. Do it for Santa. And the best part about that whole thing is that, like, Booker T looks like he's about to break the entire time. He, like, has to look away from the camera and then bite his smile back when he turns back onto it. But it's just a really silly story, and it's probably the only way you could make Santa work in in wrestling, having him come out and immediately help John Cena at the end to win the match and then give out presents to the crowd. So it's, uh, I'm sure people poo-pooed it at the time, but like most things in wrestling, once people decide they hate it in the moment, they realize looking back, oh, that was actually pretty fun. Let's do, let's bring Santa back to wrestling. (laughs) That's fantastic. Who and as we've said many times here before, WWE, they just are the Muppets. Superstars. <laughs> this is not wrestling related. This is tangentially wrestling related. While I was on the TikTok just this morning, I stumbled a- across a clip of 
the cast members of Dune being asked how they pronounce Dune. So you have Dune, Dune, Dune. Dune. Sorry, um, what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Among the the cast members who were asked was Batista, who, from the looks of his outfit, has completely transitioned to a Silver Lake toddler mom. And I just want to applaud him for his... <laughs> and this is, this is coming from a guy who dresses like the guy who hangs out at the auto body shop but doesn't actually work there. He's just there all day. And you wonder, like, what's his deal? But I love Batista's, like, just the big sun hat and the shirt. He just looks like he should be pushing a stroller down Silver Lake, like, around the lake. And that the stroller is bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk, along with me, Hal Lublin, who you can catch all over the place. I'm everywhere you want to be. I'll be on Depression Mode next week, a little Max Fun crossover alert. Of course, we got this with Mark and Hal. Plenty of fun holiday episodes to listen to, including most recently, Best Marvel Series on Disney+, Plus, which uh, included James Arthur from Minority Corner joining us. So, constant Max Fun crossovers happening across the board and then as always good morning night vale a really fun listen and soon i'm hoping to talk about the stuff that i did earlier this year that will be coming out maybe in january or february so stay tuned and follow me at hal lublin everywhere to stay in the know about that Lindsay, i have books and a very naughty cat quite frankly who has been <laughs> causing havoc throughout the entire recording of this podcast oh, he no. just really wants to be a part of it you guys um <laughs> yeah i have books on a night like this is out now in the uk australia and new zealand it's out in the us and canada uh, mid january so you could pre-order it now um or ask your libraries to get it for you also an option we love libraries uh, and if you're in the uk i heart christmas which is a book i wrote a couple of years ago because i don't know if i mentioned this keen on christmas that is only 99p on ebook right now so that is a festive bargain a festive bargain for you so on a night like this out now i heart christmas festive bargain please pay for me to watch emma otter again i'd love that ho 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 <laughs> our producer julian burrell remains in line for across the spider-verse senior producer at maximum fun is laura swisher mike eagle is the voice behind our theme music so we're putting him over for that Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. And if you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fund members who make this show possible. And we'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.